Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is one of those nice, cool sun, su- summers. No, Sundays here. We're not summertime just yet, but really, really hoping and praying that it comes. You know, spring is cool, but uh, summer's always better. Uh, this past week, man, it's, it's uh, some, some great things have happened. Uh, I've, you know, embarked upon a new journey with swimming, almost done with the, that class, and then I've also had the opportunity uh, to go out and, and play some ball and you know they had the event spring coming here in the city uh this week which was actually pretty awesome so had the opportunity to participate in that and we here at the create your life series are actually planning uh our first live event um and it's going to be amazing and we're going to have five panelists and we're going to come in and we're going to you know treat the the community you know the create your life family to uh, having access to some real industry trailblazers, people who do their thing in life and, uh, you know, in the business aspect. And the event is going to be called Ambition. Uh, start, survive, and sustain. You know, we want to take you on that journey with our panelists to where they've started, uh, how they survived when, you know, things got hard and how they sustain and are going to move forward and make things happen. And so very, very excited about that in the, you know, in the, in the stages. So that's going to be June 17th. Uh, keep you posted. We've already secured a few sponsors and as always you know the events like that are built with relationships and from relationships of having uh you know over time and so that's how we got some of our sponsors and relationships is actually how we have our guests today um when you talk about relationships i i like to say that you know i surround myself with great people and people who have great energy and the gentleman who we're about to bring on air now is definitely one of the most genuine people that i've ever met uh, former teammate of mine at Clark Atlanta University where I played basketball and just all around good guy has the ability to connect with so many people. So Create Your Life Series family, I want to introduce you to Paris uh, Jawan Kirk. I actually do know his middle name, but uh, we call him PK. Paris, man, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey, how you guys doing? Man, we are great, bro. I'm, I got to admit, I know that you move and shake so much that I'm just actually really happy and excited that you are here with us, man. Like, we had, uh, Paris and I had set up, you know, we were going to do the interview via Skype. And I'm like, Paris, man, I really want you in the studio, but he lives in Atlanta, but it's always everywhere. I'm like, Pete, man, can we do it on Skype? I want people to see your face, man. I want people to see your energy. And so we tried the Skype thing. It didn't really work out. And I was like, can I please reschedule, reschedule you? And Paris was game, man. So I appreciate your flexibility, Paris. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. I'm, I'm- happy to be on and definitely for uh you know for you reaching out you know i'm actually pretty flattered so i appreciate it nah i mean paris when it when it boils down to it bro even when we had that conversation on uh on skype i was finding out stuff about you that i didn't that i didn't know you know when we when we played basketball at clark atlanta you know, we was hooping all the time and stuff, but I didn't know that you were grinding, like, you know, with the events and for a record label and all of that stuff, man, while maintaining classes and all of that good stuff. And, I mean, I just thought that that was amazing. So, right now, really, you're um, the founder of Propel Management. Can you please tell us more about uh, your company? Oh, yeah, no no problem. Um, Propel, uh, Propel Management is a company I started about uh, two years ago. Okay. Um, it is a talent procurement sponsorship activation um, ideation company mm-hmm. um, where I help uh, brands um, liaison and find synergies within the cultural spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, taking brands like Coca-Cola, Under Armour, uh, the NFL, and, and pretty much at different points helping them um, uh, either make their events cooler mm-hmm. um, through relationships of um, talent procurement and, and inviting 
you know, people that might be peers and friends of mine that, that add to some of those rooms um, mm-hmm. or in a situation where, you know, um, you know, certain brands are launching products and they're trying to find uh, organic ways to uh, tie those into the culture and making sure they're doing those those things correctly so, so we're not having a, a, a Pepsi um, Kendall Jenner moment, you know? Right. So, um, you know, so, so that's kind of uh, a, a one of the things that I'm doing and what I'm really what I'm really focused on currently. Okay. Um, so Paris, you know, before you just started this the last two years, you know, Propel, yeah. which sounds, you know, super dynamic and I know you're doing your thing with it. What what were you doing prior to that? Who were you working with before? Because you've also, you know, you managed artists as well. Like who are yeah, some of the yeah. artists that you manage? Definitely. So my heritage uh, and is uh, entertainment um, management, publishing, A and R. Worked with Ludacris, um, um, Young Jeezy, uh, Swiss Beats, uh, singer songwriters. You know, you know that people might not know by name um, that have written songs for Ariana Grande, Fifth Harmony, um, mm-hmm. Man, Meek Mill. Like you know, all kinds of people that you can uh, that you can think of. So um, background is like I said, is management, and I, I'm still. I'm still dibbling and dabbling uh, in, in the entertainment space yeah. and in the music space, but just kind of diversifying uh, my reach and just kind of spreading my wings to some some other options and uh, things that just kind of brought in brought in my uh, brought in my resume. Awesome. So, man, what were some of those experiences like? You know, being uh, you know in A and R for a Ludacris or you know for Jeezy, you know some of these people Ariana Grande, you know people who write for her and things like that. Like, what is what is that like? Uh, man, it's it's actually one of the most uh, you know joyous things, honestly, when you're working with professionals and people um, on that level on that level that deliver um, you know songs and ideas that literally scope, uh, or excuse me, change the scope of how people see things and mm-hmm. and how you know culture and how people move and how they and how they live their lives on the day to day, and you know being on um, the, the creative side of that and helping at times maybe not write lyrics but spark an idea for a song or um you know helping artists you know get their creative ideas out um you know helping them uh you know get the right features on songs helping them you know reach the right artists you know all of those things man it's been it's been an amazing amazing journey and you know every artist is different so it's almost almost like you know having to um you know, uh, figure out a, a new equation. Each artist is different. Everybody's process is different. Mm-hmm. So it's always it's always an amazing thing that kind of keeps you on your toes. And what you you you've had the experience of uh, managing and doing A and R for these big artists. You've also mm-hmm. um, have had artists of your of your own. If there's someone out there who wanted to be managed by you and propel, then what would be uh, some of the things that you would be looking for in order for them to get on with you? Yeah, I mean, you first and foremost, I get so many people. Um, as low as I try to keep myself, you know, some people kind of research and, you know, DM you on Instagram or reach mm-hmm. out to you and follow follow what you're doing. But for the most part, man, um, you're looking for self-starters, you know. A manager, um, once they come in, you have to have something to manage. Um, a lot of artists are, you know, looking for somebody to come in and do, do it for them. Mm-hmm. But you definitely have to be self-motivated and have a vision of your own. I'm the person that's supposed to come in and help, um, arch- you know, put some architecture to your vision, you know, and help you get that done in the most effective and the best way. And, um, you know, I would say that's one of the, the you know, one of the main things. Um, at, at points in time, you have people in this business that might not be the most talented, but just like in everything else in life, they outwork other people. Mm-hmm. They understand how to deal with radio programmers. They understand how to deal with their fans. They're they're in line with their vision of what they want to be and their 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 understanding of well, what kind of artist they want to be and they, their vision is, is 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 clear. So all of those things really help um, in my evaluation, especially at this point in my life and in my career of you know tasks and and artists that I'm I'm looking to take on. You know, Paris, what's really funny is what what you just said. You know, when you talk about you, you definitely keep a low profile. I've always known that about you and, and admired that about you. You don't really talk a lot. You know, you're always off in the cut. And so, like you said, when people are researching and they're wondering or trying to figure out who they should be contacting, you know, and then they might, you know, DM you and stuff like that. I think that is, I just found that very interesting because even 
all the way back to when we was hooping, man, you never really said too too much about anything. Um, can you take us back to where you first started? You know, when you were posting up those flyers on the highways and stuff like that. Tell us about that 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 grind. You know what I mean? In order to even get your foot in the game, how did you start? Yeah, man, not not a problem. Um, man, I, I really really started, um, you know, focusing on the music and really trying to take, you know, and find my way. And, and you know, I didn't know I wanted to be a manager at first. I knew I loved music. I loved, you know, everything that kind of came along with with, I, with me having a chance to see uh, before I even experienced, like, you know, a, a real situation. Um, and um, very early on, man, it was like one of those situations on campus uh, of Clark Atlanta University. Uh, my sophomore year, I was playing basketball there. But at the same time, I was, you know, doing events. And it kind of it kind of became one of those things where, you know, people are asking you every weekend, hey, man, what are you doing or what, what's going on this weekend? And you kind of sending people and being a vessel. At this point, you know, you're just, a, you know, the popular, I guess, basketball player or person on campus that people want to know what's going on. And at that point, I was just kind of sending people like, yeah, this person's having a party. This person's having an event and this. This person is doing that, and it kind of triggered, um, uh, you know, people to, um, uh, you know, look at me as like a, I guess, an early on tastemaker. All these words that we're using now, influencer, tastemaker, mm-hmm. and I guess I was that a little bit early on, and um, I, I really got the full bug, man. I had a roommate um, named uh, Johnny uh, Samson. His name, rap name is Juice. Still one of my good friends. Today. Oh yeah, I know Juice. Really, we recently kicked it uh, kicked it together in Chicago, maybe a couple months ago, when I was there. And um, you know, he was rapping, and I had another friend uh, that was in a band at Clark Atlanta, um, uh, Tech Beats, yep. uh, Brandon Sewell. You know what I mean? And uh, both of those guys were doing music individually, and it was just one of those things where, um, once again, just not knowing, you know, that that connector uh, part that I that I have in me, and just kind of putting putting people together and not even really expecting anything of it. And it kind of turned from, you know, uh, the, the guys being friends to kind of doing beats in the dorm room um, to, you know, becoming a group to, like, really starting, like, this entrepreneur spirit um, of managing artists and the whole bug of wanting to be fully in the music business. And, you know, back then I think I put up uh, – we had a, a mixtape um, that we were circulating around Clark Atlanta and the Atlanta area that started to get some buzz and man we put up our own money from refunds and all kinds of stuff man to get that to get that thing up and running um early on and it was like kind of like the beginning of having to get out and promo and and pass out flyers and you know do practice in the day and then figure out a way to you know uh, be outside of clubs at night to pass CDs out and you know try to run into the right right uh executive or the right person or build some kind of you know face value uh, mm-hmm. with these with these uh local atlanta executives and artists and producers and man i was kind of burning burning at both ends honestly i was basketball in the day school in the midday and then still going out at night um you know trying to promote uh the group we had at that point bro it's so funny that you say that because i mean i know tech i know juice you know, I, I had the clothing line at, you know, at, at Clark Atlanta. And so, you know, was giving out, you know, some free gear to the guys, you know, for branding purposes. But when we were hooping, it seemed like your game never fell off. You know, like you were consistent with that. How did you manage to balance all of that? Because I never I would have never known had we not done this interview. I would have never known right. that you were doing all of this stuff extracurricular outside of just coming to practice. You know what I mean? And just being, you know, PK. Right. Yeah, man. I, honestly. Man, I, I, I like when, and this is like one of the first times, you know, I usually never talk about myself and like, you know, mm-hmm. think about the stuff that you do. I mean, I would probably attribute it to just my upbringing. You know, I'm a um, only child raised by my mom who has a ridiculous work ethic, two jobs. You know, when, you know, she didn't have a car, she would walk to the to the bus stop to go to work at DOT. You know, just, just seeing that type of thing, um, I think, you know, I just pushed through. I never really thought about like you know I, I don't think I ever had a strategy of okay I'm going to from this time to this time I'm going to do this and focus on being the best athlete I can mm-hmm. from this time to this time I'm going to be the best student and then from this you know I just kind of went along with it man and and I really didn't have a real choice right honestly um and I and I think some awesome things come out of uh you know desperation or 
or places of uh, not having. Right. You, know? um, you just you just figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I, you know, over time and me being 34 now and then reflecting back to those times, I just think it was it was one of those things where, um, I, like I said, I just, I did it because I had to, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I actually, man, I got to say this, man. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to meet your mom. And, you know, your mom, she used to work on campus, man. Your mom is such a lovely woman, you know, a lovely lady. I always used to go in there and just say hi to her, man. She's always smiling, just super sweet, man. So I want to say, you know, give a shout out to Auntie uh, for, you know, always just being her, man, and just being uh, just so genuine and beautiful in spirit and, you know, outside and inside. So, right. you know. Thank you, man. I definitely, I definitely, uh, I definitely let her know she'll be happy to hear that. Yeah. Nah, most deaf. Now, I want to flip that um, and ask you, you know, like since you've you've done this and you had that spirit of you do whatever you can when you can and you just do it at a time. There's no looking back. Basically, to me, it sounds like you uh, you either going to find a way or make one. There's just no excuses. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a CAU motto. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think I think that's important in life um, mm-hmm. when you when you, you know, are in a position where. You know, you're betting on yourself, and, you know, if you don't make it work, you know, I didn't come from a situation where I had somebody to be like, oh, okay, after you graduate, here's a job. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if this doesn't work out for you, you know, you can always come work for my company. You know, I I didn't have that option, you know. So um, being put put in that position, um, you know, it definitely becomes a a, a real survival mode, and you figure out, um, you know, along the way, Mm -hmm. you know, how to be successful. Um, through and, and like I said, it's not even something you're documenting as you're going on your journey. But once you kind of look back and you pinpoint some of those attributes and some of those things, you start to identify um, what made it work for you and what didn't make it work for other people. Mm. That being said, what what were some of the, the biggest challenges that you feel like you faced on your journey so far? Because you know, if you're talking about what what year was that when you actually started? If you were a sophomore, like what year? Like how many years have you been in the game now? Right, I would say um, I started off. Oh, man, I started off um, in between the time of managing the guys. I was interning for Disturbing the Peace, and this was uh, 03. Okay, so um, you've been at it for almost started, 15 years now. So we're, we are we're in uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. So it was my first experience being around like a professional record label, successful managers, successful like business on on, on that level. And before that, you know, I've I had a mentor in high school that uh, his name is Kevin Wells. Um, he managed uh, ABC, another bad creation, um, uh, 112, uh, Jagged Edge, Found Monica. Mm-hmm. So I was around a lot of this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the business before mm-hmm. I decided to, like, actually try myself. So mm-hmm. I had some of the etiquette and some of the understanding of how to move and how to, and, and, and you know, how to be from just OGs and kind of like just through osmosis and being around, like, you know, real OGs in the business. Um, and then when I had my opportunity um, uh, to to kind of start doing my own thing on the intern and the, and the early management stuff when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, I think I think a lot of those opportunities of just being around helped me um, to kind of push through and uh, to, to get my legs right early on. Can you detail your experience with actually grabbing an internship with DTP? Because I feel like oftentimes, you know, people, they, they overlook the grind that it takes even to get on with such a major label or, you know, with the with the big uh, organization, so, you know, movement. I feel like, you know, that's right, discounted. Right. Can you tell us about that, you know, in detail, what it is that you had to do in order to make that happen? Yeah, man, honestly, um, it's kind of like everything else that's happened in my life. I put in work and people kind of find you. Mm-hmm. Um I literally was throwing parties, um, doing events at Clark, and um, back then we had an organization called Division One um, Entertainment, which Dean, was right? like our management company. It was like, man, we were we were throwing events, throwing step shows. You know, it was uh, at this point it was myself, uh, my cousin Dean, uh, and my man Brad McWhorter, who would be an awesome person for this show. Just FYI, he's doing some really awesome things here in Atlanta now, uh, currently, but. Okay. Um, uh, we just started that company, man, and, you know, we were doing uh, events around campus and um, and literally uh, a guy named Goose or Corey, um, he was a uh, promotions guy for disturbing this piece at this point. And back then, you know, before Spotify and before, 
you know, Instagram and all that stuff, you actually had to really touch people right. to get your information out. So that means what's the best way to service music or get information, you know, back then, which was through students or through universities. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at that point in time, you know, people were just kind of telling them about me. And I used to see back then, you know, I, they used to pull up with the promo vans and give out free CDs and towels and merch and, you know, that type of thing. And um, uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, my name kind of popped up. Um, and, you know, dudes like, yo, you, you PK, you know, that type of thing. And it was like, um, you know, from there, it was like, you know, man, you should come by the office. You know what I mean? I heard you doing the parties and events down here. And from there, man, I kind of uh, just started going to the office and became more like a, a local college rep where, mm-hmm. you know, I was the extension of the label and kind of doing my things thing on campus, doing, you know, chicken and beer listening sessions at Spelman, you know, and that was kind of like me creating value for myself where I eventually kind of turned that opportunity or, you know, quote-unquote internship into a, a bigger thing, um, you know, just by me kind of putting in the work and creating value um, for disturbing the peace, you know, even me, with me being in college. So I want to I want to touch on that because the chicken and beer it wasn't like you was randomly just throwing chicken and beer events that was the name of the album that uh, Ludacris right. had put out and so you had basically created an extension of the brand for the album to actually cultivate a community around it in order to increase the album sales. Right? Exactly. So early on, man, it was just, like I said, it's crazy to think about think about mm-hmm. this stuff. So at this point in time, I think I got chicken like literally donated from like <laughs> uh, Publix or something, right. and we had root, root beer. You know, because we we're on on campus, right? And you know, I played the album early. You know, like that advanced listen. You know, where people got a chance to experience and hear the album and kind of like hear songs early. And it was more like the idea of like kind of what I'm doing is like a, a you know a earlier on of what I'm I'm actually doing right now. My company Propel. I was doing mm-hmm. that back then, not knowing you know what to call it. It was just more about creating experiences and using my influence uh, to uh, to help. A, a bigger cause, which was the marketing of that uh, chicken and beer album. And I want to ask you this too: When you first started out, was this was unpaid? Yes, definitely unpaid. It was unpaid for a long time. Oh, how many um, years did where, it take you to turn it into a paid opportunity? Man, oh, three, four. Um, I want to say about a consistent, a consistent like payroll thing, maybe four to five years. Mm, so the grind was real. Oh man, goodness gracious. <laughs> the grind was the grind was really real, um, but I always saw that I've always been a person that if you give me opportunity, I figure out how to make the best of it, mm-hmm. um, and that's just been it's kind of been like how I've navigated um, my life, you know, up until this point. You know, you put me in a room, typically I'm gonna, you know, come out with, you know, you know, a relationship or a new experience or make a connection with somebody that's that's a real connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that is kind of like how it worked for me, even starting off with disturbing the peace. It was like, you know, I was the guy that never complained, stayed late, didn't mind doing anything extra, did above and beyond, did stuff I wasn't asked to do and created value where I was indispensable at some point, you know, where it was like, yeah, we, we got to figure something out for him. And if, and, and honestly, if that situation wouldn't happen, at least I had the opportunity to do the work to be able to say, I've, I've actually done something. Versus being like, you know, oh, you know, I can do this. I, I had shown improved regardless if that situation turned into a, a pay gig or me being able to use the experience I had there to actually build a resume to be able to take that uh, to to another label or, you know, any other job. So I guess one of my main questions is, is how did you stay motivated and, you know, handle naysayers uh, during this time? you know, of grinding, you know, you're not getting paid, but you're sticking to the script. You know what I mean? I know it gets hard and some people, they don't necessarily believe all the time. Sometimes you got to make them into believers. How did you handle those naysayers? Man, you just have to, you know, you just have to understand what you're doing stuff for. Like people can't live your life for you. Mm. Um, You know, and at the end of the day, you have to focus on your personal happiness. Um, At that point in time, man, I, I knew what the long game was for me and other people don't necessarily see the same thing that you see or understand your vision. They might not talk to you about what you're doing. So from the outside looking in, what you're doing might look difficult or hard, and that's those insecurities that they have in themselves that they're kind of projecting on you, you know, where you believe in something. They're like, oh, they wouldn't they wouldn't do it. So that doesn't mean that you can't accomplish it because they wouldn't do it. Every Every time, man, I had a space of wanting to stop or, you know, 
be like, man, I'm going to go ahead and go get a job. I went to college. I did this. I can, you know, I can use this same knowledge to go work at, you know, uh, shoot, you know, Coca-Cola, this company or that company. It was just one of those things where I love the feeling of entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. um, just the freedom to be able to maneuver how I wanted to maneuver, you know. And when you have some of that freedom, you have on the opposite side of that freedom, you have some uncertainty and, you know, you have to necessarily navigate your life and understand um, the sacrifice you have to make on the other side to be able to maintain flexibility, to be able to be, um, you know, a, a person that can be used, you know, in a, in a sense, you know. So, and I just kept kept my head down and just kept, you know, the, the prayers up. And, you know, every time that I had one of those moments, mm-hmm. that, it, like I said, once again, that seemed like, it, like man, I should not do this. Mm-hmm. It was like a great opportunity happened. Right. Or that check came that I was waiting for for, you know, 30 to 45 days. You know what I mean? Right. And it just kept me it kept me in the space and being able to keep keep going and uh, uh, push through to, to greater and bigger opportunities later on. Man, that matters, you know, especially that budgeting aspect. But you you've uh, you've said in the past, man, that one of the, the biggest things for you or something that happened to you was is that early on, man, the naysayers were actually family. How did you know your only naysayers were family? How did you navigate that space? You know, because that's like your man. immediate peeps. Yeah, yeah, there's usually a usual support group. Man, it was just one of those things where I think, you know, you have to understand and look and be like, okay, that worked for you. You know, I, I think, you know, when you're in the late millennial age, mm-hmm. you know, majority of our parents, like, we're taught, man, go get a job, get education, work for somebody for 30 years, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's just how, you know, they don't mean mean any harm by it, but that's just what they know. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you have to understand, and, and and like I said once again, just fight through some of those things and use that use that stuff as motivation to um, you know to to push through. And as you're making those strides, and they see you know that growth, and it's not even a financial thing, man. It's more of a like just you're happy, like things are happening. You being a part of big things, you've been able to invite them out to something that you that you put put together or that you you know that you've done. And you see a lot of those, you know, that naysaying that was not even from a meant to be from a negative space, mm-hmm. more of a just like I said, their insecurities and their and their, the, the 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 stuff that they're they're putting on you, you know, right. you see that stuff turn into support yeah. later on. You see that stuff turn into like, man, like I'm sorry that I, I you know that I I didn't understand, you know. So you have to be you have to be able to see the end of the that rainbow, man. Okay. And P, you, you you talked about something, you know, I know you're always on the move, right? You said, you mm-hmm. know, inviting your, your friends and your family to events, you know what I mean? So they really understand and gather the whole, uh, the whole you know, picture. Where are some of the places that you've had the opportunity to travel to um, through, you know, the business of being in entertainment? Oh, man. Um, whew, I've been to a lot of places. I'm about three, about three passports in at this point. I've, um, I be I've like been you. to... Um, Australia. I've been to uh, like five countries in Australia. Um, uh, Brisbane. Uh, I can't remember even all of the places there, but about five countries um, in Australia. I've been to Korea. I've been to Japan. I've been to a nice amount of European countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I had the chance to um, go to South America, to Brazil. Um, Man, uh, of course, a, lot, a nice amount of the Caribbean island, islands, uh, St. Croix, uh, St. Lucia, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I've, I've, of course, Toronto, yeah, uh, of course. Vancouver, mm-hmm. you know. Um, How often are you on the road? Man, pretty, like, honestly, as of late, this is this is even goes into, like, my transition. And we haven't talked about family and how you grow as an adult. Yeah. But, you know, um you know, a lot of my transition as of late into the, mm-hmm. you know the the company that I have right now, Propel, mm-hmm. um, is, is is so I don't have to travel as much. You know, most of my twenties was every other weekend in a different place in a different city. Yep. Um, and you know, when my priorities started to shift to family a little bit more and trying to figure out how to make that work, um, I I started looking into ways to be able to still maintain my relevancy in the business. Um, as well as, uh, you know, my understanding of, like, really being able to um, keep relationships going mm-hmm. um, and and figure out, like, okay, how do I do that and still um, be able to be home more? 
yeah. you know, be in Atlanta more and be around my family more. Um, because, like I said, most of my 20s, man, was, was, you know, a lot of these stamps was when I didn't have any kind of, you know, anybody else to think about. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and that and that time is very important that you give to your family, so, um, as well as, like, you developing your, your work and your, your professional life. So. Yeah. Um, so I slowed down a little bit, but I'm still L.A. every other weekend. Um, I travel to L.A. Um, and, you know, for majority of every major event, mm-hmm. I, I take those times to either I'm working or have a you know a client or um, or just there to just build a network and, you know, just kind of stay relevant. So I did the whole um, Pro Bowl run. So you got Pro Bowl right after Pro Bowl. You have uh, Super Bowl right after Super Bowl. You have All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. And in between that, you have Grammys. So I did like that whole month of the end of January to pretty much the whole month of February. Wow. And I was out. And then I came back home in March and kind of settled it down a little bit. Okay. Man, give us, can you give us like three keys to balancing? Uh, you know, because you, you, know, you have a wife. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have a family. Uh, can you give us three keys to like balancing and making sure that your relationship doesn't suffer when you're on the road like that? Um, you know, because you also, you know, you talk about living life on a. I'm gonna ask you that question after you answer. Give us three keys first. I got some questions for you, man. Got it. No problem. Three keys. Um, I would say the the, the first one. Um, I would always say. Uh, let me think. How I want to word this. Um, it's just being aware, you know what I mean. Um, being aware of the time that you're going and, and making sure your significant other understands um, the sacrifices they're making, you know, for you to be able to uh, produce for the household as well as um, you know just be who you are, you know what I mean. Um, that, that's one of the the, the first things. Just being aware. Um, uh, number two, um, man, I, I'm trying to think. Three good keys. This is a good one. Uh, you know, awareness, you know, and then the, the communication, like in between, man, we have every level of technology possible, you know. We have FaceTime, we have Skype, we have, you know, all kinds of, you know, uh, things to be able to, to, to make the distance not, not feel the same mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really heavy on that when I'm gone for, uh, for you know, for times. And the third thing is, I, I want to say it's a, a, a specific word, but, you know, when you're, you know, ahead of a household, man, you know, when you're going for eight days, stuff still is, move, is moving at home. So just making sure things are in line and delegated while you're gone. So that's, you know, you're going for two weeks and the grass has to be cut and you're not there. You got to make sure that happens, you know, because they, they, they understand what you have to do, but they, you're still somebody's husband. You know what I mean? You're still somebody's leader at home. So you have to make sure you're maintaining those things and making sure you're delegating. If you can't do it, you're delegating those things to to other people. Wow. Now, thank you for those tips, man. That That's game right there. Real oh, game. I appreciate it. Um, you talk a lot about living your life on a 10 instead of a 5. What does that mean exactly? And how can we oh, do that? Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish your question. No, I said, uh, you, you talk a lot about living your life on a 10 instead of a 5. What does that mean exactly? Right, and it, it's actually the opposite. I live at 5 instead of on 10. Okay. In a situation where, you know, being in a music business, we make money in lumps. You know, you might make $40,000 this quarter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, $50,000 this quarter, and then you might go a month without making money, you know, mm-hmm. or the same way where, like, you might have a, a huge successful situation that happens. And then you know th- that you're on the on the edge of closing this deal, and it falls through. And what I've learned, man, is not to be up or not to be too down, and just kind of living at five keeps keeps the anxiety down, man. It, it, it keeps it keeps you just in a more balanced place, and your energy is uh, position is, is position better, you know. Um, so you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, people that work in the music business before they get in it, producers, songwriters. They don't really understand that portion of living at five in general, even emotionally, because, you know, music is trendy, the clothing's trendy, fashion's trendy, right. where, you know, you might have, a, you know, currently you have, say, Metro Boomin being one of the biggest producers, you know, that, that's out right now. And, you know, you have, uh, you know, before that, for two and a half years, it was DJ Mustard. So, you know, right. at this point, as, you know, your wave goes up and down, you know, you keeping your finances at a five, people can't tell if you're having a bad time or a good time. 
you know, you keep your, yourself right in between that, that five space. You also remain humble, man, That which is one of the most most important things. And that, that Kendrick just dropped the record. Um, I just actually came from watching his set at the first weekend of Coachella on Sunday, man. And it's just, you know, that song says so much, you know, and, and what he's saying is staying humble. And that, that's kind of like me staying at that five where it's like, okay, great things might be happening, you know, and I and I know those things are blessings and I know those things are from my hard work, but just maintaining that every day, like you can call me, you can, you know, you can pull up on me. Like th- those things have actually been much more beneficial in, in my life than anything, you know, just maintaining that, that regularness. You know, some people, and like people act like they're the artist, so you're an executive, you're an extension of the artist. You know, right. even even at that point, even for artists that get too big and, and get too, you know, besides themselves, you know, you, you kind of see fan bases and people start to feel a different way about you, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those things that I learned very on, man, was just like to stay stay right there in between. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of uh, of my game that or jewels that I'm given is, is stuff that's been passed down to me from mentorship and just being around some of the right people. Wow. Man, it was a lot in there, man. You said remain humble and recognize your blessings. And yeah, man. Bro, I just got to touch on this too. I saw you at homecoming, and you know, of course, you being who you are, I walked up to you. You know, we know each other. We like we we brothers. And I'm like, P, I need you to be on my show, man. I tried to explain it to you. He was like, Kev, say no more, bro. Like it's done. You know what I mean? And like you said, you know, just being able to be approached, bro. I feel like it goes uh, so long and being able to drop game and just you know always being able to invest like right now we're in the studio right now uh my two interns are here they listening to you you know what i mean i'm like you know put down everything else that you guys are supposed to be doing your task like this is a person that you need to listen to because you know what i mean your approach and your perspective on things is so uh it's so down to earth man no matter how big you get you know it's still always the same pk so i personally appreciate and respect that about you man man i appreciate it man i was gonna say it's crazy you bringing that up. Like my my past weekend, I went from um, you know uh, St. Regis Hotel, mm-hmm. you know smoking cigars with some friends, um, which is you know probably like one of the most high end hotels here in Atlanta. Right. And then in that in that same night, I went to like one of the hoodest clubs in Atlanta. You know what I mean? In that same night, and that, it was kind of like who I am as a person is like I've had the blessing to experience a lot of awesome things. I mean, things that I could never even believe that I've been to or had, you know, had, you know, the opportunity to be at or be a part of. And at the same time, man, I just stay grounded, bro. Mm -hmm. Like it's the most, it's the most important thing because all of this stuff is, is, is just material things, man. It's it's stuff that can come and go. Um, You know, it doesn't make you any more happier. Um, You know, if you live in a seven bedroom home or if you live, you know, in that dorm room, you had, you know, a lot of this stuff is about perspective um, as well. You know, um, People, you know, now, especially with Instagram and, like, you know, all the social media, what people's situations seem to be like. Mm-hmm. And you got people out here suffering, man, in, in the inside. And, you know, the important thing, when you when you maintain in that humble space, you can be yourself and be the same. You know, um, it's, like I said, it's, it's one of those big things of, like, even me being in the music business so long and now being able to have made some right decisions throughout the throughout the time where I don't have to do things that I don't want to do anymore. I don't have to be like, you know, okay, if this is a client I don't want to work with, it might be opportunity. It might be great for somebody else, but it's not in line with who I am, you know, as a person. And that's very, very, very important with brands and business that you take on, um, relationships that you build. You just have to understand, like, that alignment. Because everything, you know, some money, some money and some opportunities might seem to be good things, but usually, you know, if they're not in line with, who you are as a person and usually, you know, uh, those things dwindle away or, you know, they don't end well. You right. know what I mean? So, you know, just, just maintaining that, that regularness, man, is uh, for me, it's mm-hmm. very important. You know, I, I can't be anybody else but myself, gotcha. you know, and trying to keep up with the Joneses and watch what other people are doing. Uh, you know, that hasn't gotten me where I am. So I, I maintain in that space. Right. So, P, man, I want to rewind it a little bit and I want to ask you, what would you describe as your defining moment you know like that moment when you decided you know what i'm gonna create my life and i'm gonna really go hard at this music uh this music industry and i really want to get in you know 100 percent in what was that moment man um a specific thing 
Man, I, you know what? I actually have I – ha, I, I kind of have something. Um, uh, here in Atlanta, we do a thing um, called Luda Day Weekend, mm-hmm. which is uh, a, a celebrity weekend um, that's, you know, that's targeted around philanthropy and nightlife events um, that we do with Luda. This is going to be the 11th year, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And, man, I remember maybe maybe my third year into doing Luda Day Weekend, um, at this point, I was, you know, bossed up enough to be able to get in the club and be around all the celebrities and stuff. And I remember, like, my first time being, like, in the VIP, and it's like, you know, this celebrity, that person, this person. And, you know, just at that point in time, starting to feel like I belonged. Yeah. You know, that, you know, I might not have the best suit, you know, that this other person had or, you know, might not have the same amount of money that this person had, but I started to feel like I belonged. You know, um, when you're when you're able to be around people that you deem as successful, and you have real conversations with them, and it, 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 you start to really be around them, and you start to size it up, and you be like, "Yo, I definitely can do this." You know, I, I definitely had the goods and what it takes um, to be successful in this business and be successful in, in life. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was a Luda Day weekend, man. That I was, that, you know, my first time being around, you know, people that I, I looked at on TV. Or people that I've, like I said, deemed as you know uh, uh, somebody I would look up to, and when you're around these people and able to, to to really touch them and understand, you know that was like the real thing. Like I'm 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 made for this for sure, okay. um, and you know I just got to make the right decisions. Okay. And speaking of making the right decisions, man, you start off your day in a very uh, very disciplined way, and so every day when you wake up, man, you make up your bed as soon as you get out. And how does that help you get your day started on the right track? And why do you do that? Where did that habit come from? Man, I, I, you know that that's a definite um, having a, a, a mom, you know, that wasn't with the the BS, um, and uh, you know, just it's just something about a clean bed. Like you got to think in your bedroom, your bed is probably like one of the biggest spaces that you have. So if, even if you got shoes on the side and you know a little clutter here on on the side dresser or whatever, like making that bed just kind of like starts the day off and, you know, it makes it, it makes it clear. In my opinion, it, it sets the tone for my day of just starting to get in the mindset of being organized and uh, being ready for the day. And just the look of a clean bed is always awesome, man. You know, um, it's, it's something about that. that just kind of gets me going. And it's a routine I've developed over time. That is just part of what I do. Um, it just kind of, it, it kind of symbolizes well, like you're not getting back in there. Like gotcha. the bed is made, time to get the day going. No laying down. It's time to you know to to hit the ground running. So, um, I, I that that's definitely one of the things that I I maintain um, that I do every day. Okay. Last question, man. Can you leave us with three things that you would tell someone uh, who's looking to create their best life? Three things, man. Uh, the first thing I think the most important thing is proper mentorship. Find a mentor. Find somebody that knows more about what you're trying to do. Um, you know, than you do. If you can't find a mentor, if you're not in New York, if you're not in the LA and you're not in Atlanta, you're not in a major market that has, you know, if you're, especially if you're trying to be in an entertainment space, it's, it's, it's like, it's, they've made it so easy for you where you can follow people. You can, you can put the dots together. You know, everybody has a podcast, books. It's just so much information. There's, there's no excuse for you not to be able to, to get the information, even if you can't beat the people. Physically, you can get the information, and that's the most most important thing, um, you know, is to get the information. Uh, I would say, man, number two, um, uh, man, I'm trying to think, mentorship. I would say the I would say the second the second um, thing would be to um, do what you say you're going to do. You know, your your name and your respect, and and you know, that stuff precedes you. You know, um, just like me and you, we were talking earlier, and it's like, yo, I've been the same person. You know, maintaining being that consistent person, saying you're gonna, if I'm on, a, if I'm supposed to be there at two o'clock on Monday, be there at two o'clock on Monday, be accountable. You know, um, that is extremely, extremely important because when people start to think about who, who can I get to do this? Who's the, who's the person? Um, you know, that's going to do an all the way job or an exceptional job. You know, you want to be that person that they think about, you know, that they think about, like, being like, okay, who's 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 the best person for, for me to give this business to? And, you know, you want to be the person they think about. So I, I would say that 
that thing um, and being accountable and just being uh, uh, the same person. And number three, um, uh, be prayed up, man. It's you, you know, I would say that would be the third thing. Be prayed up because this stuff is is not just from your work. You know, you take some steps, but God definitely takes a lot of steps and clears out a lot of stuff that you don't even know he's clearing out to get you to some of these opportunities that you think you just made on your own, you right. know, at times, man. And just stay prayed up, man. God definitely hears your prayers. And, you know, that being in that prayerful space kind of usually reflects on, like, where you're at in your life. And that, that energy um, usually kind of spreads, and, and, and definitely good things come to you um, from being prayed up. So I will, I will say those three things off, off the top of my head. Okay. Awesome, brother. Uh, Pete, uh, how can our followers and our listeners uh, keep in contact with you, or where can they follow you at on social media as well? Okay, cool, man. Yeah, I'm um, I'm only on uh, Instagram, um, and uh, my Instagram is P as in Paul, K as in King, uh, since 83, so P-K since S-I-N-C-E, the number eight, the number three, and uh, man, I post events. I post a little bit of the stuff that I do, but I'm just super low-key. Like, you know, I went to Coachella. I was in L.A. for eight days and didn't post anything about me being there. That's just kind of how I how I move in general. So hopefully it's, it's, it's slightly entertaining in a sense. And uh, I'll be launching actually a, a website um, soon for my uh, for my company and the extension of Propel um, on the events end and the ideation and activation uh, sector, probably like within uh, the next like two to three weeks. So it's pretty much almost done. So um, that would be propelmgmt.com, and you can kind of see the event stuff that I'm doing and, uh, you know, brands that I've worked with, and, um, you know, they're on that site, man. And other than that, I keep it simple and easy. You see me out. I'm here in Atlanta. Um, I'm actually at a, a spot every Tuesday night in Atlanta that I curate um, uh, at a place called Cuckoo Room, K-O-O. KOO, and if you're ever in Atlanta, stop by on Tuesdays. We're there from uh, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. It's just like a cool vibe. Nightlife thing, great music, anything from Michael Jackson to Bon Jovi to Future. And uh, it's just a really cool look, industry industry spot, and you never know who you're going to see there. So, Okay. Well, thank you, Paris, man. Thank you so much for being on the show, brother. Uh, definitely looking forward to further conversation with you, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you, guys. I had to come back and do a recap on what it is that he said. I mean, I got notes upon notes. And so just let's just jump right into it. Uh, he said that for any artist who wants to be down with uh, Propel Management or with anyone, uh, any type of management, he said that it's important for you to have something to manage, meaning that you have to, you know, um, be yourself and be self-motivated and also have a vision of your own so that people can come in and be a catalyst to help you make it further. And he talked about how he was grinding in college and making things happen that he even put up money from his refund check in order to fund his dream. And he said that when he was interning at uh, Disturbing the Peace Records and, you know, under Ludacris and Shaka Zulu and had the opportunity to work with, you know, Young Jeezy and Swiss Beats and all these other artists, he said that he made his, he never complained and that he stayed late and arrived early. And then he made himself indispensable, meaning that he made himself someone that they had to absolutely have around. And he said that, you know, it's important uh, when you have naysayers and, and people who don't believe in your dream for you to understand why you're doing it and what you're doing. And so that because it's, it's always boils down to the fact that no one else can live your life. And one of the things that I love that he said is he said that you got to remain humble and recognize your blessings. And he also talked about the importance of budgeting in entrepreneurship or in chasing after your dream. He said, you know, sometimes you can make 50000 in a month and not make anything for the next two or three months. So it's important for you not to live and try to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, then he said that, you know, he makes up his bed every single day because that's a catalyst for him to understand that he's not getting back in it and that he has to keep moving forward and keep uh, grinding. Um, as a married man, uh, he said that, you know, there are a couple things that he did that he does to make sure that his relationship works. Number one, is uh, to be aware, you know, be aware of what's going on, how is, you know, significant others feeling, et cetera, et cetera. To also uh, to make sure that your significant other understands who you are, what you do and why you do it. And also, you know, number three, the communication is very important. I actually broke them up into four. And the last thing that he said was, is make sure that the house is still taken care of, you know, even if you're not there. And he said that 
uh, in regards to making sure that, you know, something as simple as making sure the lawn is cut. If he usually cuts the lawn and he's not there, he's out of town, make sure that the lawn and that everything's still taken care of because at the end of the day, your family's still dependent on you. And he said three things to help you create your best life. Number one, find a mentor, someone that knows more than you do about what it is that you're trying to do. And he said that social media makes it so easy to reach out to people and really find that mentorship. But like him, you know, you're going to need to put in that work. And oftentimes it's going to be unpaid if you really want. He said he worked for five years under DTP before they actually gave him an opportunity where he was getting a consistent cash flow. And then number two, he said, uh, do what you say you're going to do and protect your reputation. You know, that's a great way to and great advice to create your life. And then the last thing that he said is, uh, you know, pray and be thankful. You know, be thankful for the things that are happening to you and that are going great, because you know what? It's not just you making stuff happen. It's a collaborative effort between you and God. And so create your life series, family. I'm going to leave you with that, that it's a collaborative effort and to definitely stay hungry and stay humble. And Paris, man, appreciate you. We out. Beautiful people. If you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.